Becoming a mum is often transitioning from a smaller village to a bigger one. Yeah. And it has more, like there might be more outlying sort of um, huts or whatever mm, you would call yeah. You know, maybe there's their colleagues from when we were working and maybe there's some friends still from high school. And But here's this group of similarly new mums from my mother's group that I've just started attending. Or, um, so I think the dynamic changes, but that idea of the village is underpinning. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Living Fullness. I'm Stina Constantine and joining me on the podcast is Father Sean Burns and Emily Shaw. Each week you'll hear us chat about a range of topics from virtue to relationships, comments on cultural shifts and lessons we're learning as we go along and we are so happy to have you join us. So sit back and enjoy being part of a conversation with a couple of friends. Hello Padre, how are we going? Very well, thank you Stina and yourself? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Nice story. We have Emily Shaw here with us today. How are you Emily? Hi, I'm well. I'm very happy to be back here actually. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. it's been a little awesome. while. It has been a while, hasn't it? it has. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've been following the podcast, you'll notice that we've had a couple of Virtue Ministries teammates on here co-hosting. So I'm kind of excited to have you on board to mm. add your own flavour. <laughs> yes, well, we're seeing what sort of flavour that is, but <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> so today's topic, we're having a bit of a chat about mothers supporting mothers. And I guess in terms of an observation that I've made is that our world has become very good at trying to do things by ourselves, trying to do things on our own, on our own strengths, and we've become very good at disconnecting <laughs> from other people. So I think today might be a great opportunity for us to chat about what kind of impact does that then have on mothers and in being able to support each other. So maybe starting with what do you think is actually happening in this space? I think we've lost sight a little bit of the fact that everyone needs a mother, whether they're, you know, a child or an adult, you know, especially for women, the first go-to person if there's a crisis is often mum, you know. Mm. So I think we've just lost sight of that a little bit and we've lost sight of, you know, mothers aren't an island. They can't cope just out on their own. They they also... need to be a little bit mothered along the way as well mm. and that that's normal and natural like that's not an like something extra that it gets added on like that's just part of human development human relationships that we actually need each other oh absolutely <laughs> no no it doesn't change and it's a bit like you know in the spiritual life we look to mm. our heavenly mother for help mm. it's the same here practically you know and sometimes those mothers are biological um of course you know if something's happening we want our our mum mm. to be a part of that but often the other women who maybe mother us or we mother are not related to us biologic mm. biologically but it doesn't mean that they're not really important in our lives either mm. right right Stina you said something at the very beginning that just mm. flipped a switch in my brain so you said that this world has become very good at you know being sort of doing things on our own and I think a bit later yeah. we'll talk about sort of being yes. isolated and that mm. sort of thing but there's a an an old saying from the church fathers, which is wherever there is sin, there is always division. Mm. Uh, And uh, I think we've, we've, as a Western civilization, we've kind of embraced a de facto kind of godlessness. And that sort of naturally bears the fruit, I think, of, of, of being isolated and feeling as though, well, I must do things on my own. Um, So if, if, if division is the way forward because of, the fruits of sin, then, then naturally isolation, I think, is the, is is the the, you know, is born from that. Mm. 
Mm. I guess maybe also then having a chat a bit about why do we need, you know, we pre-recording, we've, we've sort of used the word village to describe what we're talking about here, like a community around women. Why, why is that even essential? Why do we even need to have a community around us, particularly well, I, around mothers? Yeah, I suppose what, you know, we talk a lot about a village and people probably think of, you know, maybe a um, an old-fashioned village. Yeah, or, yeah. But it's really, it's really just more a metaphor. It's more this is a support network that we need in order to flourish. So in order to, I mean, we're emotional beings, we're spiritual beings, we're practical beings. And if we're isolated from other people, we're not going to fulfil any of our roles or duties or, you know, and be be the person we're supposed to be and make the impact that we're supposed to make if we're out on our own. So for me, a village is actually more like a, a support system. It's a safety mm-hmm. net. It's it's everyone united in the sort of common common goal of, of bringing each other up. Mm. Yeah. Which is that old, what is it? Uh, I'm not sure where it comes from. It's that old proverb of... Yeah, it takes, takes a, village a village to raise a child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think we've lost that a lot, you know, as father was saying, we're very isolated. So if we don't have all those good influences mm. on, you know, our children, then what are they going to turn out like? Yeah, are, right. You know, are they mm. going to keep right. pulling away? Are we going to continue to have this disunity in society? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it raises a lot of questions. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. What kind of future generations that we're actually creating and what kind of society that that then perpetuates? Mm. Absolutely. Because if we're, as a society, encouraging this idea of isolation, then, you know, what happens if there's a crisis or what happens, you know, how do you form a government if everyone wants to do their own thing and have it their own way in their own isolated, Mm. you know, the idea of having a group or a village or a community is that everyone brings something Mm. unique to it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I guess speaking on that too, being mindful that we're talking about a village here and not a clique Mm. as well. Because I think when we talk about language of village, we're talking about, you know, families, we're talking about communities, we're talking about homes. And that means that not everyone, like you're saying, not everyone has the same role to play. Everybody has a part to play that fits in the bigger picture, fits into the puzzle, but it's not the same. No. Not everybody has the same role to play. Um, So I guess being mindful that, you know, perhaps we might be looking for people who – have similar kinds of attitudes, outlooks, maybe values, but not necessarily needing to have the same parenting style or having the same, you know, methods for how you opt to discipline children or what education options that you might choose for when you're raising children or, you know, having those kind of things concrete isn't essential to be part of a village. That's right. And just even having the dialogue about those things can be incredibly fruitful as well, because, I mean, as you say, we don't all have the same parenting style, but there are some things that I might do with my children that somebody else goes, oh, I would never do that. But instead I might do this. And, you know, it's lovely to chat with other people and get their insights. And you might be having the exact same problem, but, Mm. you know, when you think about it, raising a child, you've got different temperaments, you've got different personalities, you've got different environments. Like it's not a one size fits all policy. So if you're not, if you're part of a clique, I think, I suppose I feel like you don't get those extra or additional mm. insights. You you see that one oh. um, that one path, and maybe after a while that path isn't actually working for you. But you know, what's your next option if you're part of a clique, yeah. or and maybe you'll see value in a different 
click perhaps, but mm. how do you actually enter into a dialogue that's going to help you? Mm. Right. So a click, this is one of the things that, that always sort of astounds me is that we have a, a tendency to, as Catholic families generally, as Christian families, we have a tendency to form a click of our own, right? And even a, a family-style click. So, you know, well, this is our family and outside of our family, there's sort of no one else outside of here or there's only these particular people outside of here. And a click is a place where distrust is bred. You know, it's, 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 it's a place where because there's one voice, a click, as you've rightly pointed out, always has one voice, one way of doing things, and you dare not deviate from this, this, this singular voice and singular way of doing things. And naturally, at some point, a mother, a father, a child, someone starts asking questions, well, why does it have to be like this? Why does it have to be this one way? Uh, whereas when you've got a village who is supporting each other, you see multiple ways of doing the same thing that come from the same core values without forcing anything on anybody, without you know being distrustful or nasty or anything like that. And, and I think people are more likely in that environment to go, this makes sense. This breeds, you know, like, like this is a place mm. of peace. It's a place of joy. It's a place of... Uh, you know, this 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 community that we have is functional, not dysfunctional. Mm. Leads to things which which actually increase our happiness, even when things are bad, even when things are sad. Right? There's still this element of joy inside this little community. So, but but clicks will never do that because they are they are really isolated from 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 reality. They're they're not. Uh, Mm. Well, I mean, they become so prescriptive is one of the words I was thinking of as you, as you were describing mm. that. And when mm. it becomes that prescriptive, it loses defences. You don't actually have the ability to assimilate anything new into that. Right. So you've kind of got no way to actually grow or expand or, or anything. Right. So right. naturally it, right. has no, it has no real end point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you don't have that, you don't feel that freedom to venture into yeah. other things so right. that you might be interested in because oh no you know the click mm. we don't do that yeah um which i think is a real shame because i feel like we're all kind of like uncut gems of some description we kind of need the extremes of people's thoughts and ideas to kind of knock off our sharp edges and you know end up right. with that final right. polished like rocks in a pool right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. um and if you're in a click you don't have that. You're you're basically just polishing the sharp sides. You know, yeah. you're not actually yeah. smoothing mm. those those edges off, yeah. and it can be very tricky. Then you know, if you move somewhere new, mm. and you've got to find a click or make your way into a click, and because <sighs> you know they are often so prescriptive, but they're also sort of by their nature exclusive as well. Yes, mm. they're not inviting, are they? No, 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 they're not. So, and I think that's another challenge as well. Yeah, is, yeah. If we're too oh. prescriptive, then you know we're we're not inviting, we're not welcoming new people. No. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, what are then some of the benefits of being part of a village, Emily? For me, obviously, the number one thing is support. Mm. Um, but it's also it's also that that community, that feeling of being welcomed, being seen, being appreciated for who you are despite your your faults, your imperfections. And it also it's really a great pool of wisdom mm. as well. Mm. So you know for a new mom, often you're transitioning from is what is often you know quite carefree, you know I can just, myself and you know my husband as we want you know 
do whatever we want. Our timetable is our own. Yeah. Yeah. You have a baby and all of that goes out the window, I promise you. Um, <laughs> and you feel like, oh, I never have a moment to myself. Mm. Um, and because we are such relational beings, having support during that time is amazing. And mm. it, might, it might be practical support. It might be things like wearing slightly used secondhand clothes that maybe yeah. yes, yes. a family can't use anymore, but you can, or sending meals around, little things like maybe babysitting the mm-hmm. baby for a little while mm-hmm. so mum can go have a shower mm-hmm. which sometimes in that you know newborn phase is pretty lucrative mm. you know yeah. trying to yeah. get a shower yeah. it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty difficult so um so there's definitely that practical support but I think that spiritual support of mums for each mm. other as well often I've had a few pregnancies where I've had basically a prayer buddy yeah. <laughs> so that's just another mum who is due about the same time mm. and we offer our little, you know, crosses from that pregnancy for the other one. And it is lovely because unfortunately as you get a bit older and you have had a few babies, pregnancy, it feels a bit tougher. So Mm. knowing that you can offer up those little annoyances or uh, discomforts for someone else gives you that solidarity as well, which Mm. I think is really lovely. Um, And, you know, and we're part of a network now, which is lovely. We hear someone's pregnant and they're on everyone's prayer list. You know, Mm. everyone's praying Mm. for them. And I think... That in itself is is worth yeah. it's you know That's it's really amazing awesome. yeah. yeah and yeah. I think probably the final major thing that jumps out at me is just that wisdom of if you've got a mother who's slightly more experienced and you know maybe you're struggling to get the baby to settle or you know there might be a few different women you can have a chat to about well you know when your did your children ever experience this and how did you mm. get around that and you might ask five different women and get five different answers mm. and. Maybe you don't agree with all of them, but maybe just one of them works or maybe just one of them gives you an insight. You think, okay, you know, I can do this. Um, And if I can't, there are some people that I trust I can go to for advice. Mm. Sure, Mm. sure. Yeah. Mm. I think um, that wisdom thing is also really crucial in talking about generational wisdom too Mm. because in a village you can also have different generations of women speaking into different seasons that different women are experiencing. So being able to have that, which we don't have in Mm. clicks and you don't have that in isolation is a huge asset. Yeah, certainly. And it's, it's quite amazing how you can connect with, you know, say a grandmother or a great grandmother Mm. over their experiences um, with children. And I think as well, if we don't have those conversations with them, if we don't see our grandmother very often because we're so busy with our life and, you know, she might only live an hour up the road, but we just can't be bothered calling in. We miss all those little yeah. insights and those little, I guess, also sharing of their experiences as well. And there's something really unifying about, you know, if I talk to my grandmother and she'll reminisce about maybe when my dad was little or something, and there might just be some little memory and, you know, it's really sweet. But if we're not talking regularly yeah. and we don't have that relationship where we've been able to talk about those sort of things you know I miss I miss all that as well yeah. and I feel like in some ways I am a better mum the more I talk to other mums and the more that we share that common vocation even though outside of being a mother we might have really different tastes yeah. or yeah. personalities or whatever I feel like yeah it mother being a mother is kind of a universal bond that sure that we share yeah mm. Mm. fantastic yeah yeah so what to do if a mother finds herself alone without a village and I, I made an observation before we began the podcast mm. that 
some women might find it hard to open up to other women, especially if there's been hurt there in the past. Beyond that observation, and I know we didn't agree to this, but I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Padre's gone rogue. Beyond that observation... I'm going to hand it back to you just to talk about that because I can't talk about that. I can't. <laughs> I can't talk about what it's like to be to 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 experience that anxiety because I think it's an anxiety that is unique. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose in reply to that, I would say that women more so than men are very emotional in the in the way that they deal with other people. So we read a lot more into your tone and your expression and what you say and, you know, we think about all of those sort of things and if we perceive a slight or a rejection, I think that's a lot more obvious to us. Mm. Um, you know, it's sort of as a funny example, if my husband and I watch a movie together and there's no dialogue, it's only, you know, sort of body language or expressions and things, he often doesn't pick up what the problem is, he'll say to me, what did I miss? You know, what have I missed in this situation? And I say, oh, well, you know, whatever. Um, is They're showing their displeasure by doing this. And he said, oh, you know, how, how do you know that? So it's just something, <laughs> mm. yeah, something ingrained mm. in me. And I think because we are so intuitive about those sort of things, it is really hard if you've felt that rejection before or mm. perceive that rejection. It can be very hard to open up again then to other people and and I suppose that's the thing about really creating good relationship is is that you have to allow some amount of vulnerability and yeah and trust mm. so yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, it's sure. it's an interesting line because on the one hand there's hurt there mm. that hurt needs healing the only way for that healing to happen is to open yourself up to potential <laughs> hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that is scary stuff. That's yeah, really sure. scary, really yeah. scary stuff. But really it's the only way. And and not to do it in a in a reckless manner of mm. just being able to go and trust anyone with that vulnerability. Because that, that that inner stuff is really only meant for certain people that you can trust. It's not meant for everyone. So it is about trying to figure out who can you trust. But in trying to do that, we have to be able to open up a little bit at least to be able to see and to allow that other person the opportunity to prove that they are trustworthy. Absolutely. We have to give them that opportunity, but we can't do that if we're not willing to go just that little bit yeah. as yeah. scary as yeah. it may be. Yeah, that's right. And in all these endeavours, of course, the first step is obviously the hardest, but, you know, just little things, just opening up a little bit at a time and, you know, maybe you are meeting with someone a little bit more regularly and you can just, mm. yeah, just maybe offer a little a little bit of yourself um, and just see how it see how it lands. Yeah. And if you feel comfortable with how that went, maybe the next time you can offer slightly more. Like yeah. we don't have to go in and yeah. lay our whole soul bare. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah, there's a certain amount of prudence and discernment yeah. required, mm. but mm. ultimately yeah you have to be brave enough to take that first step Mm -hmm. um and I think the longer you put it off the harder it gets as well because Mm -hmm. that behavior becomes you know your default Mm -hmm. yeah 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 Yeah. I guess to a word there that I mean we're talking a lot about mothers here and a lot around biological motherhood but also you know there are single women out there listening who will also be going well what about me yeah (laughs) like there's no there's no there's no one pushing single women out of the villages. <laughs> no. And there are there is so much that a single woman can bring to support 
biological mothers whilst, you know, in, in whatever group situation or community or whatever, you know, it might be that's around. But to also step in, like to step into that space and be like, hey, what can I do? To yeah. be of support. I know several women who are very good at connecting with families and go, let me babysit because they're desiring to be around children and perhaps they desire to have their own and perhaps that's just not eventuated right now. Mm. But, you know, that's that's a beautiful opportunity for those women to be able to gain something but also they're gifting yep. back to mothers as mm. well. So mm. Absolutely. Like, this is a space where motherhood is broader than just biological motherhood. Mm. Yeah. And, um, well, I think – for me, motherhood is part of women, whether they're biological mothers or not. Like yeah. um, for me personally, I think all women have that nurturing, that kindness, that compassion. And yeah, as you say, I mean, single women definitely have all of those attributes and in offering themselves to help in this space in a practical way is fabulous mm. because yes, they will gain some practical um, insight and things as mm. well. But I think it also helps them personally grow in their virtues associated with becoming a mother, um, whether, as I say, it's biological or not. Um, Mm. And, you know, you sort of think of some of the women that you consider to be your your spiritual mothers or have mothered you the most are often – not your biological mother. I mean, she's mm. usually in amongst that group, yeah, but yeah. there would be other women mm. that yeah. yeah are your go-tos um, for help and support. And and yeah, often single women have that that flexibility to be able to to come in and and you know maybe just have a coffee with a new mum yeah. because yeah. you know sometimes as much as being a stay-at-home mum is amazing, sometimes you really just want to have a chat to someone and feel like, you know, you're still part of the world. Yeah, 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 sure. You're still turning. Yeah, sure, a Absolutely. conversation that goes beyond the Absolutely. ABCs and the, the – yeah. You know, yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely, and a single woman is in a perfect position to do that because she can't talk about, you know – kids stuff necessarily because that's not her mm. experience she'll listen mm, you know mm. if that mum wants to talk about it but she can talk to her about a book she's been reading or a, the latest tv series she's been binging mm. or you know whatever it might be yeah, just yeah. to to add just a little bit of that that community mm. Um, mm. on other areas that the mum may be interested that's mm. really cool i've certainly seen that myself with colleagues yeah, when colleagues leave work and they've gone on maternity leave, and when they've taken extended leave, and they love catching up and they want to hear what's happening in the workspace because they're not in touch with that space, even though they're interested in it. Right now, they're mm. not because mm. they're full time caring for their child, and so being able to be a person who can be like, "Well, here's what's happening in terms of the workplace. Here's what's happening at large in terms of the." You know, area of work that we work in gives them a sense of, oh, I'm still connected, I'm still learning. Yeah, like they're absolutely. They're still feeling like they're involved. Yeah, and if you think about it, like that was their little village yeah. before they yeah. began this this journey. You know, that they were the people that they spoke to regularly and supported each other. And so I, I feel like a smaller village to a bigger one. Yeah. And mm. it has more, mm. like there might be more outlying sort of huts or whatever you were mm, yeah. you know maybe there's their colleagues from when we were working and maybe there's some friends still from high school and but here's this group of similarly new mums from my mother's group that I've just started attending or so I think the dynamic changes but that idea of the village is underpinning mm. Mm. okay definitely mm. do you want to do that last one Emily uh, the role of men mm. yeah so intro it in yeah this is something I actually, you know, I've been blogging about mums for a decade or more now and it's probably something we haven't really explored 
a lot. I think mm. as a society, you know, we might make digs about it or whatever, but, you know, how do men support women mm. in being a mum? Because, mm. I mean, the father, for instance, he's going through a lot of changes as well and disruptions yeah. and, yeah. you know, adjusting to life with a newborn. And, and often for him it's really quite difficult because, you know, there's not much you can do in labour except kind of watch. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Whereas the mother is really fully invested, you know, the, the child yes. is growing inside her and then she delivers mm. the baby in whatever, you know, sort of form that may take, whether it's natural or cesarean. Like mm. he, he's just kind of bystanding and it was something I do remember my own husband saying until we he held our firstborn in his arms, it didn't quite feel real. Mm. It was something that was happening, but he wasn't, mm. you know. And sure. so then he's he's obviously adapting as well. But, you know, what role beyond that do men have in supporting mothers? Thoughts, Padre? Snowball it back to you this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, we'll yeah, just right. 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 Over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I guess it's sort of um, the way that you've spoken of it. Uh, I've... I've, I've actually learned quite a bit from this conversation just by kind of observing what you've said. So it's been fantastic. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, clearly this is, it's, it's to have a village is a bit of a treasure for, for, for women and a necessary treasure. So if men are aware that that is a treasure that women are, that women need in order to, 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 to thrive in, in their femininity, then particularly husbands for their wives, but this also applies for, to, you know, brothers and sisters, both of, the, both of the spiritual and biological orders, there needs to be an encouragement of women to f- find community with other women. And this can mean, what, what, what does that encouragement practically look like? I think there are three things that, that might characterise it. Two of them, well, all of them I think are immensely practical, but two of them will be perhaps more immediately sort of, yes, I can do that like right now. So firstly, like looking after the kids so that mum can go and hang out with book club or hang out with, I don't know, whatever group that you do that sort of village thing with. But, but having that, that, you know, having the foresight to go, Hey, would you like to go and connect with your, mm. your, your, your girlfriends today? Mm. Uh, and, and I'll look after the kids tonight. Uh, you know, like, like not just waiting necessarily for, for right. the wife to say, I really need a night off or, yeah. or I really I really need to go and connect with some girl, but to actually recognise and go, hmm, I think maybe she'd benefit from being able to connect with, you know, and, and, yeah. And, 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 yeah. Um, and I think that also takes a little bit of security for men as well. Mm. Uh, there's a, a, a stereotype that when women go and connect with their girlfriends, what they do is to go and complain about their husbands. Yes. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> yes. So, so now I don't know if there's any truth to that stereotype or not, but even if there were, suck it up. (laughs) Get on with it. Just do it, man. And so, so the second thing is, is sort of look for like-minded families that you can connect with because it's actually as as important as it is for, for women to have a a village. It's also important for men to have a village. Uh, And it's, 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 I think it's actually really helpful for, 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 for both men and women to have men, men they, men to connect with men, women to connect with women, so that they actually have someone who can help them remain steadfast in their in in, in their own uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, the, the the final point I'd make is that men need to encourage women to take risks in this area, and and and, and to encourage that prayerfully. I think for men, risk is a risk is something that we we're, we're, we're normally pretty used to taking. 
you know, we, we, we're not normally risk adverse. We'll, we'll, we'll take risks and, and I think perhaps sometimes we actually need to be told, no, that, that's a dumb risk. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> don't, don't, don't take that risk. That's a stupid idea. Uh, yeah. That's a stupid <laughs> idea. Don't do that. You don't want to go skydiving. No. Uh, you know, so <laughs> it's always skydiving with you. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's, it's without saying that, that, that we don't have issues with risks, I'm sure that's, that's, mm. that's not the case. Mm. But, but uh, I think generally men tend towards taking a risk because that's, more natural. It's, it's more natural for for, for, mm-hmm. for, for a man mm-hmm. to, to, to engage in that. And again, that's not saying that women don't take risks or can't take risks. Sure, it's sure. it's just mm. it's just saying that generally I think there is that tendency towards risk taking in, in, in the masculine genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think you've hit um, a nail on the head there in terms of mums, I think, are more risk averse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I'm certainly more risk averse now than before I had children. Yes. And I think there's a tendency of mums to feel like maybe they can't leave their children yes. with hubby. And it's not that he's not capable because yeah, yeah. he is, but because they're with the kids, I mean, generally in my circles, that's the case. I'm not don't want to make any generalizations there, but often you're so immersed in the kids and what they're doing and what you need to be doing in order to fulfill, you know, Mm. the the day-to-day things that you think, oh, no, I won't go out and catch up with that friend on the weekend because I need to catch up on the washing. Mm. And Mm. sometimes in order to be the best mum you can, you do actually need to take that step out the door and and just go. Um, And it it is quite funny mum's still, I find sometimes you do still get that little bit of anxiety if you yeah. leave the, the kids with the babysitter yeah. and yeah. are the kids yeah. going to be okay without me, you know. Yeah. It's yes. not that you're the perfect mum or whatever, but they're so used to you mm. being their mm. safe place. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it is It is a bit hard. So yeah. by all means, I think if men can get their, their wives yeah. to, yeah. you take, know, take some time out take, yeah, and, yeah. and leave the house and let them, yeah. you know, yeah. and, do their and thing. encourage them that it's okay to to to, to – Take a risk also with their hearts, mm-hmm. um, you know, and to, to, to say, well, you know, right, what are you frightened of if you, if you connect with this person mm-hmm. you know, and, and be willing to have that difficult conversation and to encourage that sensible risk, which sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. It does, yeah. <laughs> it's not, there is a sensible risk, yeah, no. you know. And, yeah. And uh, because it's, it's, that reminds me of that C.S. Lewis quote uh, that, you know, if, if, you, if you love anything – then, 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 you know, surely your heart will become, you know, wrung out. You know, it'll, it'll get, uh, it'll get sort of um, dampened beyond recognition sort of thing. But, but on the other hand, if you don't take the risk of love, then, then, you know, and you sort of hide your heart, it's not that your heart doesn't change. It does. It becomes cold and embittered and, mm. and, and uh, without human connection, that's, that's what happens, and uh, so I think it's important that that men are able to offer that challenge and to say, well, what would be the worst thing that could happen if you connected in this way? Yeah, and and yeah, that 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 mm. seems a, a good thing to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, thanks you two for stepping into this space and having this conversation. This has been good. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, sure, sure. Before we end this episode, we might do a truth, beauty and goodness for the week. Maybe we'll start with you, Emily. Uh, So mine is the uh, safe, though, early or premature arrival of my nephew during the week, which is very wonderful. Beautiful. And mum and bub are doing okay. They are doing really well. They are superstars. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. What about you, Padre? One from you? My brother Marcus turned 50. Woohoo. He turned 50. He's now half a century old. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, so <laughs> and you're rubbing that in, I imagine. Oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. I'm just doing a mental calculation. Like, oh, that's not too far away from me. <laughs> <laughs> he will not rub it in when it's your turn. No, I'm sure no, you no, it's all right. right. No. I, I do have a little while. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, it's a book that I just recently finished, Reveal the Gift by Lisa Cotter Great. Uh, on the Feminine Genius. Oh, Excellent. Worth reading. Excellent. She's very um, blunt and to the point, yeah. which I love. <laughs> yeah. It's for an easier read. So, yeah, go. And it's not very big. Like, it's a, quite an easier read. So, highly recommend if anyone's interested in diving into the Feminine Genius. Sounds great. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Living Fullness. We will catch you again next week, but until then, know about love and prayers. God bless.